it's like something you take with you. Like in that moment, we were all shoved into that tiny bar and it was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, of course. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champagne Urbana music scene, past and present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Gemma and Elena from Familiar Ghosts, and we're going to be talking about their song, Bury Me Alive. Elena and Gemma, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. So without further ado, let's listen to the song, Bury Me Alive. Yes. 
welcome back. So my first and favorite question to always ask is what came first, the lyrics or the music? I think that's definitely an easy one. It was the lyrics. We have a kind of strange writing process, but we got the lyrics and they just kind of came all of a sudden. We were sitting in Starbucks, actually, and we just pulled out our Macs and started like group editing a document and the song was written before we even knew what was going on. So if I'm understanding correctly, your process between the two of you is collaborative from like the very start? It's usually really kind of collaborative. Like one of us will have an idea and we'll go to the other and we kind of just like feed off and piggyback off of the, each other. And then usually we start with lyrics first for some weird reason. And then we always go back and do the music separately. And once in a while we'll have like a melody and then write a song around a melody. When you do that around the melody, that's pretty rare, would you say? It is very rare. More often than not, I'll say we will come to the other one and say like, hey, I have this really cool idea of her song. I have this one line and it's just, it slaps, it's so good. And we'll pass that line along and then we just sort of start feeding and the ball starts rolling and then we have a whole song written out and then we're like, all right, cool. Well, we need to write some uh, some music to go along with the lyrics now. <laughs> with this song specifically, you said this kind of happened like in a Starbucks. Is your collaborative process the type where it's just like drop everything and just do do the thing? Or is it kind of this inching along and kind of here's something good, here's something good. I would definitely say we had gone with the intention to sort of sketch out a rough idea of ideas of songs that we liked, get kind of a, a list going of cool ideas that we had and maybe see if we had enough content for an album. Sometimes the lyrics just hit and we just had some time that afternoon and we sat down for what, three hours? Yeah, about mm. two or three hours. And Starbucks and by the time we left, we had the lyrics for the whole album, actually. So it went yep. quick. Who's the primary vocalist on this? Gemma. Did you yourself come up with the, the melody for the words? Or was that after the piano had gotten laid down? I came up with the melody, but it is very centric around the piano. So I sort of took the lyrics on like a piece of paper and I sat down at the piano and started playing some chords and seeing what felt right and got really lucky and the melody just kind of spilled out. It's one of those rare moments where the first time you sing it and, and it sounds right and you know it's right and that's how it should be and you don't have to make any changes to it. So it went really well. Uh, Elena, did you write the piano part? Did you all come up with that together um i think for other a lot of songs it's like both of us but for this one it was mainly Gemma did a lot of the writing for the music for this song but then like there are like a few parts that she's like oh does this sound right or that's better so we would like go back through together and like kind of pick and choose a few ways to change things if it just didn't flow right but like for the most part for this one she did a lot of it in the beginning of this song it starts out really really simple like just the just these two notes kind of going back and forth and, and then it kind of progresses into more and more. This song is, is in some ways very, very simple, but also very filling in some ways too. Like, cause you've got these wonderful vocal harmonies and, and this, this, these really rich, like lower bass notes, but also that kind of simple melody going through. Like, is that with the new style of writing, 
with familiar ghosts? Is that kind of the direction you're planning on heading? I'm sorry, I totally went like in 20 different circles and that would turned into weird. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm just like, I'm <laughs> so, kind of emoting about how this song kind of makes me feel in some ways, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's simple, but it's very filling and, and it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like comfort food in, in a way. I mean, some of it's not comforting, but some of it's comforting. Does that make sense? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with this, what we want it to do is because we want it to be like bigger and better and we kind of want our music to fit the name and kind of be over the top. But with Familiar Ghost, we just thought that our actual vibe was a little more calm and mm. we kind of wanted it to like everything to be like a little slow and easy. And then we did want kind of like big pieces in the mix just to kind of break it up a little so everything kind of wasn't really the same. I definitely think since the Familiar Ghost rebranding, we're definitely heading in a direction of a little bit more indie folk rather than indie rock. And I kind of like where it's headed. We actually did a listen through of our album today, and I would say that, yes, the direction is kind of headed towards where things can start out simple, but then I personally take a lot of joy from starting really simple and building it up really big and adding these like Queen-esque vocals and just some great piano and adding some like even bass sometimes or guitar and then just ending out the same way that you started and it being simple. And I think it kind of brings focus to what you're saying, which I am very a lyric heavy person and I take a lot away from what the lyrics say. So I like focusing on that rather than getting lost in chaos. Did this start with the melody of the chorus a little bit or did you, did you start with like the verses? I definitely started with the chorus. I sat down and I was looking at the lyrics and just kind of mumbling through what I thought they might sound like or what I thought might sound good. And by the time I got through the first verse and I got to the chorus, I found a chord structure I really liked. And from there, I played the chorus through a couple of times uh, just to cement it. And once I knew that the chorus was solid and I knew what key we were playing in and what the progression would be, then we went back and I looked at the verses and, and I came to Elena and I said, hey, like, does this sound good or am I... Do I, am I onto something or am I crazy here? And she's like, no, it sounds okay. So <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> when you were the killer coven, the vocals and kind of the harmonies and, and chords ha have always been a very integral part of your music. How did that start off between the two of you? So when we first started, it was two and then we added in a third and they've since left, but as a group, when it was three of us, we all decided that we were really inspired by just like theatrical queen vocals. Um, we took a lot of inspiration from kind of Elton John and piano rock. And so we just thought that like those were our strengths, the little vocal harmonies. So we wanted to kind of play on that and put that in all of our work. I didn't establish the timeline. Was this written during the pandemic or because there's some parts that I'm just like, I feel like this is this was like written at the perfect time for people to kind of really resonate with being sep uh, you know, having that, I don't, anxiety, I want to say. It was before, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we wrote like, the entire album is a very like, it would, especially the song works real well for the pandemic, but we wrote pretty much all of it. We started towards the end of last year and I we had most of the lyrics done before like the pandemic even got like in full swing. Mm. So it's kind of a little weird that it like fits kind of the vibe of 2020. <laughs> I think it was November 
when we did have a lot of the album written by. And since then, we've made little edits and changes, but it was mostly a end of the 2019 year type yeah. mm-hmm. endeavor. Because, yeah, 2019 was a weird year. 2020, weirder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think about what, what this means to me. Yes, it will be kind of under the shroud of, of 2020 in some ways, but also, I don't know, half the time I feel like it's, it, it feels like futility, but it also feels like it's just like giving in at some point. And I, I, I kind of don't know what side to settle on because it, I also feel like there is a little bit of, little bit of hope in there, but maybe that's just, I always try to look for a little bit of hope. Some ways, like if you could, if I could just lay this down and just be like, I don't want to deal with this anymore and have just kind of the let go of the things that, that have troubled me. I don't, I don't know. I guess that's kind of what I, I hear in this a little bit. Um, was there, is that kind of the idea that you're going for or, or am I totally off base? No, that's, that's very on base. We had a name for it originally, just when we were referencing it in the writing stages, but we were calling it the star part two, which references a song from the hands of fate, our killer coven album. Okay. And the star was all about like finding that place of peace where you can be and just be calm and happy. And this was sort of that follow up that, you know, sometimes even in that quiet moment or in that piece, like there are still thoughts pounding and outside circumstances, and it can be hard to find peace, especially, yes, in 2020. I think that little bit of hope comes in at the end that, you know, at some point, the curse will end, like things will turn around. So I think you're right on that account for sure. But this is definitely a follow up. I don't want to say a sequel, but a follow up to the star. And it just came from a place of wanting that happy place to be just perfect and calm and in that moment have nothing, no worries, no problems, no cares, but that's not always realistic. Elena, do you have a favorite line in this piece? It's either my head's on fire, but my soul's asleep or the ending of the chorus surrounding with flowers to help in my curse. Those two are probably my favorite by far. What does that mean to you when you think about those words? I have anxiety. So like the head on fire, so I was asleep. It's just like I constantly just have like thoughts kind of like running through my head. And I kind of sometimes overthink everything, but I like don't really do anything about it because I just don't want to make it worse. It's just like kind of released that way to me. And then the surrounding with flowers portion, we thought of it as in a way of usually like when I'm really overwhelmed, just communing with nature, going out for hikes and walks is like a calming thing. So like coming back to the earth and just feeling that sense kind of makes me feel a little alive and just grounded. If I can just go outside, if I could just not be surrounded by technology, or if I could just like lay down in the grass and look up at the sky, I feel like maybe for those brief few seconds that I can let myself relax, that that's, that's like the perfect thing. Gemma, what's your favorite line in this? Well, she took the best one. I know. Oh. <laughs> um, They're all so good, though. <laughs> I would say I definitely resonated with the is this place real or in my mind line mm. in verse two. And then 
Obviously, the chorus came to me first. It's what inspired the whole song. So the entire chorus, you know, send me back to the earth, surround me with flowers. Um, those are my favorite lines in the song. The third verse, I guess you could say, if I'm calling that correctly, you know, I try to keep myself distracted, but I, I know it won't last long till this world uh, wrecks havoc on me and I'll have to move on. Uh, that's that's probably my favorite line is is this, you know, to me that felt like that was kind of the comforting part too, is just this, this like, when it comes down to it, although you have a certain set of cir- uh, circumstances surrounding you, in the end, it's like, it's about how kind of how you feel at peace about things and um, mm-hmm. if you can weather the storm in some ways. I, I don't know, that that's what I kind of felt listening to this song. I guess that leads into like my question, like why is this your favorite song that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I want to say it was potentially the first that we had fully formed. It has a special place. I definitely think it resonated with where both of us were at personally when we were writing it. I did come up with a lot of the lyrics, but it was definitely a give and take. Like just for a mental picture, like we're sitting next to each other. We both have our laptops out and we're in the Google Drive doc sharing. And I would write a line and Elena would write a line and we were just like giving and taking. And then this whole song was just written before you knew what it was even happening. So I think that it definitely resonates with both of us um, just because of like Elena was saying, when you have anxieties and fears and there's a lot going on in the world and everything is uncertain, it's kind of nice to come back to kind of like you were saying, like a comfort food type song. Like it's it's nice and it brings some sort of peace, hopefully, to listeners for a little while. And you can sort of just step out of yourself for that moment and just live in this surrounding with flowers. This is going to be a piece in a larger work as the first release of Familiar Ghosts. Do you see this song as the direction of the whole album, or do you feel like this is this will be one of the, the paths that it takes? Is this representative of what you see the rest of the album sounding like? Lyrically, there it ties in a lot to it with the anxiety and depression aspect of it and then kind of just overcoming it and finding ways of overcoming it. And I guess sonically, there are a few songs that are similar to it, but we do have like a few that are a little more poppy, but most of them are kind of on that little indie kind of line, like Bury Me Alive, and a little more of like toned down piano songs. I would say we have quite a few ballads, more than we planned, but that's how they wrote themselves (laughs) so there are definitely some ballads like bury me alive in the album and like elena was saying the theme is pretty universal i think running throughout of finding peace despite like conflict and struggle but there are a few songs where instead of finding peace we decided to fight the fight and struggle against it So there are some different themes coming into play there, but I would definitely say that this is sort of indicative of the future sound and what our album will sound like. (laughs) Bury Me Alive will be a part of our upcoming album Daydreams and Nightmares that will be released December 21st of this year on Solstice, and uh, we're very excited about it. Definitely represents a little bit of the duality of 
both us as people in this duo <laughs> and also the duality of our songs um, are reflected in the title. Um, and you can see that sort of in Bury Me Alive with all the outward things coming in and trying to find the inward peace and that struggle whether or not to go ahead and find the peace or to try and keep struggling or just to give up. So very duality of man represented. Even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. Do you have a, a favorite venue at, in Champaign-Urbana, or or uh, do you both have your own different uh, favorites? Well, I'll go first. I've seen we've seen a couple of just like outdoor concerts as we were walking downtown, like passing Sipyard. Yeah, that was really I do fun. Like Sipyard. <laughs> Sipyard's really cool. Back from the Killer Coven days, we definitely had some of our promo band pictures taken there. Fun fact. But yeah, I really like Sipyard and it seems to be a more relaxed sort of atmosphere than like an inside concert venue. But I definitely have enjoyed the couple of times we've been like walking downtown and the music is drifting and you just get drawn in. It's always a really fun night. Yeah, I think, yeah, I really do like Sipyard at night with all the little small shows. And then I'm blanking on what they renamed as, but Blackbird in Urbana. Um, oh, I know they recently changed their name. Yeah, Nola but, or something? Yes. I really like, it's small, it's intimate, and so I've seen a couple bands there, and I really do like that venue. Excellent. I am curious, you know, uh, post-pandemic, uh, how that's going to, if they are going to continue to do some of those great shows. I really thought that they were doing some pretty consistent and varied shows which i think is nice to have venues that don't just kind of you're not like oh that's the rock and roll one oh that's the country mm-hmm. one oh that's that's hip-hop or that's this it it seemed like uh blackbird was doing a good job of being varied and i guess you know and sipyard does that too i must say to a certain extent have you been out as familiar ghosts yet to perform yeah so we did a few shows as killer coven mostly basement shows, but they were great and actually surprisingly well attended for being held in a basement. (laughs) But uh, those are really fun and super fun to play live. Since we've rebranded though, it has been pandemic season. So we haven't gotten to play out just as our duo yet, but I'm looking forward to it in the future if this ever ends. Yep, or whenever it ends. (laughs) 
is there are there any bands out there that local CU bands that that you really enjoy going out to see? One of our friends goes to lots of local concerts, and she usually forces me to tag along. So we usually see '90s Daughter a lot, um, which is yeah, a cover band. Those are fun outside shows, they, and they usually have really good fun outside shows. So that's they're great. There's um, a local band, uh, Overworry. Yes, we have a friend in that has a really cool sound. Not like ours, but still really awesome. And uh, they play some cool music. So Overworry is cool if you haven't checked them out. How did the two of you meet and start performing together? Or have you, is this pretty recent or, or like have you known each other, you know, from the beginning of time? So we have a mutual friend that we met through like, is it five years ago? Six? So we met at a Halloween party. So our friend anniversary is Halloween. <laughs> Um, so it, yeah, five or six years. And we, when we met, we're like, I like music. And she's like, Kip's like, I like music too. And so we kind of like bonded over music. Um, I think our first time like hanging out without like other people, we went to a concert. Um, Ingrid Michelson. Yeah. AJR was opening for them. <laughs> back. In and the then day. kind of like after that concert, Jim's like, you know, I kind of want to like start a band. I was like, I've always wanted to be in a band. And then we like kept talking about doing it. We did like a few covers. It didn't really go from there. And then we moved to Champaign and met our former member of the Killer Coven, Antonio. And they were like, I want to be in a band because we all work together. <laughs> and so we just kind of got together, played some stuff and wrote an album. And then it's just kind of history from there. When did you discover, or was it in this process that you discovered how your voices blended and, and how they worked really well together? Or did you say from the very beginning, oh yeah, I want these kind of the choral kind of sound? Elena and I, at first glance, our voices are very different musically, but I find that they <laughs> accent each other well. And we somehow blend well together and harmonize well, which is weird because it shouldn't work. <laughs> it's shocking. If you listen to Elena's lead vocals and then you'll listen to mine, at first glance, I would not have thought. I actually thought harmonies were going to be a struggle point for our duo or band when we were the Killer Coven. And like, remarkably, they turned out to be our strength, which I was so pleased with, with my like choir background. At some point, I was just like, hey, sing this and, you know, I'll try try and sing some harmonies and we'll try and see how we fit together. You know, I'll sing a second soprano line or an alto line. And and then we realized that, like, hey, we actually blend quite well. And Elena can usually cover many of the lower notes that I cannot. And <laughs> I cover the higher notes that she can't. And it's kind of yin and yang and it works. I, I don't know why I've been finding this so important and maybe it's just, maybe this is just where my head's at and also because I miss being able to see more live shows. What makes a good, good venue or even just a good scene like, and kind of tacking onto that, what can the Champaign-Urbana music scene do better? I don't really like big crowds, so I'm a fan of small, intimate venues and I like intimate shows. So I like that we do have a lot of smaller venues and nothing's like super big or huge. It feels like a more real experience. Yeah. It's like something you take with you. Like in that moment, we were all shoved into that tiny bar and it was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, of course. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of options for 
types of music in Shambana. Um, I just, I don't. I just think it's sometimes it's hard to get onto certain venues and certain stages. Not like it's not necessarily like gatekeepers, but like it's just like if you know someone, it's easier to kind of like get in on big shows and everything. But I just think that it should be a little more accessible for like smaller bands or like to have because I know they're like open mic nights and that would work. But just like a lot of people just don't do them. So maybe a little more accessibility for smaller bands. I would agree with that, too. I think we probably noticed that just as transplants to the area. Um, but yeah, I know there's definitely a lot of like open mic nights and easy things there, but it would definitely be easier. I've noticed that. A lot of people ha do have a lot easier time, you know, like if they're really connected in the music scene. So it is kind of about um, connecting and networking, but it, you know, also can fall back on, well, hey, it's a good band, you know, we'll try them out at least. That'd be. Yeah. So what would be like the dream locale for you to, you know, have your album release party if if that were a, a, a possibility i think in december outdoors probably wouldn't work so well but you know <laughs> yeah. at, at some point when it warms up again and i mean where where would be the spot to or would you want to do a diy like basement show again we really loved our diy basement shows i feel really connected to people and you could just feel the energy in the room and you could take time to really like watch everybody's faces and see how much they loved, you know, what was happening. So I really love the DIY scene. And we had actually talked about, obviously December wouldn't work and our album release date has been pushed since we were gonna release it like late summer. But we had talked about originally doing, we have a nice large backyard and a shed. And we were discussing the fact that since there's only two of us now, we could <laughs> rig up our amps and do shed shows. Um, in our nice, lovely, huge backyard. So that would potentially be an option for <laughs> spring, summer coming up. We'll do shed shows and just have everybody out having a good time. That sounds like a good time to me. COVID-19 got you down? You looking for some music, some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, ExileMainStreet.com, for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. Elena, you're first. So what is your favorite non-musical thing? The arts in general, so like crafts. I like to sew. Um, <laughs> so laughing at me. I draw. I paint. Um, I, on occasion, make costumes. Just kind of anything crafty. 
She's very, very talented. Yes. All of our <laughs> behind the song artwork that gets posted every week on our That's page. Me. It's all Elena hand painting things that I'm like, hey, this would be really cool. You should paint this by tomorrow. And she's like, great, I'm on it. Yeah. She's very talented. I work well under pressure. <laughs> Excellent. So um, the acrylics or oil when you paint? Um, I, right now, acrylic, I do want to get into oil painting, but I don't, I'm not the best at blending. So it's, for me, I blend better with acrylics and I don't know why. <laughs> Well, and I was going to say, if you, if you had to do something where you turned it over the, the to the next the next day, the, you know, the oil is not going to be dry. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, there's something I always liked about acrylics. And, you know, I know the colors aren't as great, but the, the sense of urgency and like impermanence, but permanence, it's like uh, once you set it in stone, so to speak, like that it's there and it's plastic and it's and it's solid and it's like you can't you can't undo it have you always been into to art yeah i get bored easily so i just like to have different hobbies that i can do um in college i minored in art just for fun i took a bunch of like fabric dyeing classes so i like to dye fabrics um i actually thought about doing it and selling it during quarantine but it just didn't happen so I also like to go outside and just paint with watercolors sometimes. So yeah, it's a good stress reliever and just calming and fun. But yeah, I just, I've always liked it. It's just something to do when I'm bored or something like a good distraction. And then like something's pretty is made out of it. Gemma, what's your favorite <laughs> non-musical thing? Oh, well... Elena was bullying me and said that I had to say books because I read a lot of books and I do love books, but I've also been doing a lot with like tarot readings and astrology lately. So it would have to be one of those two and, and I can't pick. So, <laughs> well, I mean, you can, they can, you can have both. That's fine. Okay. So, um, are you reading anything particularly interesting these days or like is there do you have a favorite book i mean i'm gonna leave that open oh so many books um i well it was recently released but i just read midnight sun by <laughs> stephanie meyer <laughs> vampire novels are always an interesting read i don't know if i can pick a favorite book but if i had to pick a favorite author i would say i like a lot of poems by Edgar Allan Poe. I have his completed works, I think, in multiple forms. So I really like him and his work a lot. And it definitely is very reminiscent of sometimes how it feels just to be a human. So I like uh, his works a lot. Do you feel like his works like influence the way that you write your own poetry? Or do you feel like you've d done your own path? I think that... I don't, I don't want to call him pompous, but <laughs> dare I say his pompous <laughs> writing has definitely bled over a little bit into how I write. Uh, sometimes I'll come to Elena with a poem and she's like, no, that's a poem. It's not a song. Start over. <laughs> uh, a lot of the times. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think it's influenced my work. You mentioned you're doing... Uh, more tarot and astrology like i feel like those influenced how the killer coven was i mean there was a definite we, influence it seemed like no you're definitely right you're, you're right uh we yeah the killer coven was like 
a beautiful like dying star in that moment we had such a great idea and we decided you know we wanted like a storyline album and we sort of wanted it to have a theme and then all of a sudden we just started talking about like our tarot cards and our readings and then we sat down and we were like these could all be songs and everything just lined up perfectly and we had you know a lot of our songs like the high priestess and the star and those are definitely like we took the names right off of the tarot cards so mm -hmm. <laughs> it definitely influenced the hands of fate quite a bit uh, and I definitely think it's still influencing our work, maybe just in an understated way rather than being front and center. Actually, I just had a thought. I'm just curious, when when you rebranded to Familiar Ghosts, and I don't think I've ever asked a band, maybe I have. I'm just curious about the name and like, it, can can I just say what I think it makes uh, makes me think of, at least in terms of my and and this is also showing my worldview in some ways is like um i always think of ghosts as kind of a a scary thing kind of a a a thing that's unknown a little bit terrifying something that you know that you should be afraid of but at the same time it's like the name saying that they're familiar ghosts it's like you're familiar with this unknown you're familiar with this thing that's scary and maybe it shouldn't be as scary as it as you once thought that's just my interpretation of it. I really liked that. Yep. Um, our our <laughs> rebranding is actually a really funny story, um, but I'll just start with what it means to me. Um, familiar Ghosts uh, sort of, I feel like, represents to me, like there are so many different, like let's say instances of ourselves out in the world. Like you live in other people's heads and hmm. they have a different version of you and there's just like these ghosts just everywhere that aren't even who you are anymore necessarily and some of them are familiar and some of them you've let go in past instances of yourself like as you grow and as you learn and i think that can be like one takeaway from it and another takeaway for me uh, like a sort of another like if you turn the dice and you look at the other side i think it also kind of represents like you know maybe people who have gone before or I don't know, sort of living in that surrounding with flowers moment and like you're surrounded with people that you care about, that you love. Maybe they've gone on before. Maybe you don't even know them, but maybe they're watching over you, you know, to each their own world worldview there. And I'm definitely getting into mine, but <laughs> I think that's sort of what the name meant to me. And I think we kind of both said it at the same time. I don't think it was like one of us came up yeah. with the name. I think because what was we're stuck on. I think forgotten ghosts. And I was like, I don't know why, but I like the first word starting with F. And then we both just went familiar, kind of at the same time. And it was just a weird moment. And we're like, that's it. Like that's nothing's gonna top this. It feels very peaceful when you say it, like familiar ghosts. Like yeah. there's nothing scary about it. There's it's just familiar to be with. Think about like past versions of people you know or or yourself even yeah because for me it's kind of about just like past memories and like ideas that like suddenly like float in and out of kind of like focus and it's just like calming and grounding mm. a bit and then we also recently <laughs> discovered i was just funny because someone recently also asked us like what's the name of it and then we were going through lyrics for the album and recording and 
one of the songs actually has the line familiar ghost in it that will be on our upcoming album and we didn't even realize it so so hmm. it might have just like kind of been in the back of our minds the whole time since it was like already on that song that had been written already we had put the song aside and it was not originally intended for the album yeah so in the past year of you know we've rebranded we've been writing this album and recording and just spending all of our free time like pouring everything into this album and then at the last minute we decided like this one song just it doesn't fit we don't like it we're gonna you know shelve it for now and i was like well i really want something in its place like i like having you know i really wanted 13 songs on the album uh and so we went into like our little vault and we pulled out a song and I was like, you know, this one sounded really great when we were demoing it and I like this song a lot. So we pulled that one and actually we were laying down some of the track for it today and I looked at the lyrics and I was like, did you know that this says familiar ghosts? That's our name. We did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so just weird. Synchroniz <laughs> synchronization. So strange. Anyway. Yeah. It's a funny story. And could that have been why you were also like, oh, it needs to start with an F or something because it was already out there. I think it yeah. was out there in our brains floating around somewhere. And then it was just so funny. We were reading through the lyrics and looking at it, And I was like, does that say familiar ghosts? That's a familiar ghost. It's funny. Gemma and Elena, thank you so much for coming on the show and telling me all about your song, Bury Me Alive, off the upcoming album, daydreams and nightmares also just you know telling me about kind of rebranding you know your band and and how you became a band and what makes a good scene and your favorite non-musical things painting and crafts and books and tarot and astrology and it's really unique to be able to meet people this way and i can't wait to actually see you both out and perform as familiar ghosts in a COVID-free or safe environment. Keep me on the list if, if you're going to do your shed show. Oh, we will. <laughs> we will. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for, for having, having us. us. This was really nice. for listening to champagne is also a band podcast this is Gemma and elena from familiar ghosts reminding you great music is out there go, go find, find it where you live You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good. South <laughs> <laughs> on the inside.